Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to tune in for new episodes every Wednesday and Grand Prix Sunday. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Late Breaking F1 podcast presented by Harry Yeed, Sam Sage and me, Ben Hocking. It's time for the British Grand Prix coming up this weekend. So, of course, this is our British Grand Prix preview for everything that isn't going to happen this weekend. Stay tuned for the next hour and 15 minutes or so. Um, Got plenty to talk about on this preview episode, as per usual. But, Sam, a new game later on for you to sing to. A new game. New games mean new jingles, folks. So I've I've been frantically writing lyrics, and they are equally as terrible as all of the other jingles. Um, I haven't really got a tune ready for this one, so it might be a bit bizarre when we get there. Harry's got no music for me either, so it it could be the worst one yet. I, I forgot that there was a jingle to be made. Um, of course, you did. I, look, it'll be great. I can't. Do you know what? I'm just going to come out of this. I'm really tired. I'm just going to put that one out of there. Come on, mate. <laughs> oh, God. It's British We're preview. Like two minutes in. It's British preview. Yeah. There's a lot of new people <laughs> listening, and you've come out with I'm tired. We've got we Union Jacks flying in the background. Well. Yeah. We did a podcast oh, last yeah, night. Oh, yeah. That's a plug. We've got a new friend of the podcast coming yeah. episode. Well, I've said that wrong. We've got a new episode of Friend of the <laughs> Podcast well. coming very soon. <laughs> now, what a travesty this is. <laughs> It's a great start. And I can't believe that this awful intro is going to segue to this very short point I'm going to make. June, even though it's still a few days away from being over, it's been our most successful month ever. So thank you very much. Thank you very much for everyone who's been listening. Um, Over 100,000 listens for the month, which is absolutely mind-boggling. If we were to say this to ourselves a year ago, we would have said, you are absolutely lying um so yeah thank you very if you're listening for the first time or if you've listened since the start um if you if you've listened since the start 
why didn't the start put you off? But anyway, thank you very much for listening. It does mean a lot. Um, but we'll get into the actual preview. British Grand Prix, we're closely, uh, we're, we're getting close to the middle of the season now. Um, if we are going to end up with about 23, 24 races, um, we might have 50 in the end. I can't quite remember. But What round is this? I don't know. Oh, my God. It's been a few, hasn't there? 10? Around 10? <sighs> sounds yes, about right. Yes, it's around 10. It does feel like... It does feel like Bahrain was literally about three weeks ago, though, doesn't it? It is a bit weird how it always ends up that way. And in a few weeks' time, we'll be at Abu Dhabi, where more controversy can arise. Um, no. But at least for now, we're in no. Silverstone. Um, and of course, the British contingent on the grid, two of the three, are placed at the same team, that being Mercedes. Um, they haven't, of course, been on the pace with the top guys so far this year, but there is a bit of quiet confidence you could say that Mercedes might well go a bit better here at Silverstone than they have done in the last few races so Sam do you think that uh, either Hamilton or Russell could potentially mix it with uh, with the top teams I can't believe I'm saying this it's funny we've said this so many times on the podcast you asked that question a year ago can Mercedes mix it with the top teams and you go why the blinking heck are you asking me that what a stupid question but you know what we're in 2022, and 2022 provides us with many a strange thing. And you know what? I'm going to say something even more weird. Yes, I bloody do think they can mix it with the top teams. I think we're going to see a bit of a, a turn in the road, as you often get in a race. Um, I do think they're going to be stronger um, for multiple reasons. We've had the regulations with the porpoising come through, and Mercedes initially seemed like they almost played themselves a little bit with that regulation, begging the FIA, change it, please bring a rule, please. Oh, come on, change the porpoising. FIA, psych, we're only changing it to affect you because you've got the worst porpoising. And then they turn up at Canada and they were quite good. Um, comfortably, you know, fighting ahead of the rest of the pack. They were back to being that comfortable third fastest car. And if anything, as we saw with the podium for Lewis Hamilton, they look uh, like they could go on to achieve bigger things after the safety car at the end of the race. They only dropped off by a few seconds over the end of that Grand Prix. Um, it was very promising. Now we come to Silverstone. Silverstone is not too dissimilar to Montreal. Um, it's very high speed. There are very few slow-moving corners. Of course, you've got the hairpin at Montreal, which is the slowest corner there, along with Turn 2. But in Silverstone, the slowest corner is probably Turn 4, and turn six, um, which then after that, I think you spend about 84% of the lap on full throttle. And I think this benefits Mercedes, especially with the fact they no longer have to deal with massive porpoising. They have to stay within a threshold. Combining that with, they are apparently bringing new front wing development to the, uh, the Grand Prix. Apparently it's a much lighter, more aerodynamic, friendly front wing. And I think this will allow them to really make the most of those sweeping corners. You know, Maggots, Beckett's, Chapel, Stowe, um, the club section as well. All of this is all about that front end. And I do think that Mercedes are going to exploit that. They're going to excel. And that Mercedes engine at top end isn't too shabby either. Now, Hamilton's on a bounce. He's finally got himself a result in the bag that he needed. He beat George Russell on fair pace alone without any bad luck, without any moments changing the race for him. He got it done. And George Russell's on a flyer, as they like to call him now, and I loathe it every time I hear it, but I will say the name. He is Mr. Consistent, never finishing outside the top five. And as much as the nickname hurts, the fact is true. He's been bloody brilliant at finishing in the top five. And because of these two things coming together at the British Grand Prix, where I think they'll both get a bit of a, 
an extra couple of tenths, as they like to say, due to the home crowd, I do think the Sagers can cut it up with the big boys at the top here. I'm very excited. And I do think we're going to see, not in qualifying, I don't think they're going to have it over one lap, but maybe over a, a, a whole race distance, Mercedes could pull something a little bit magical and unexpected out of the bag. So the answer, Ben, to your very short question with my rather long explanation is, yes, I do think they can take it to the, the guys at the top. Short questions with long explanations is what we're all about here at Light Breaking. Um, <laughs> just before I go to Harry on this one, a quick interlude with what is going to be the most pointless comment of all time. Um, just had someone comment on something Matthew we've done. Bonner? Yeah, um, thank you for listening, mate. Matthew. Come in. Um, <laughs> yeah, just to let you know, he's, he's asking where the podcast is at. And I appreciate this is completely pointless because he's going to be listening to the podcast whilst <laughs> I'm answering. We're, we're recording it right now. It's here, mate. It, don't worry, <laughs> we're on it. Um, Harry, what do you think? Do you think Mercedes can mix it? I'm so glad that you were, I was going to make the exact same point as you on that one. But yeah, sorry, Matt, it's coming. It's coming, mate, don't you worry. Um, yeah, I think, I think I'm with Sam. I think it's going to be a very strong weekend. And I think... Uh, the last point you made there on it being in the race and, and not necessarily in qualifying is um, was kind of going to be my main one because we saw in Spain that, I mean, Hamilton's race pace in particular, despite, you know, being last with a puncture at the end of lap one, was really impressive. And Spain is fairly smooth, but compared to Silverstone, Silverstone's like a billiard table smooth. So... If you compare that to where we've been with Canada and Baku, the previous two races, um, Canada was obviously a better race for Mercedes. So in theory, I felt like we said this a lot this year, but in theory, this race should suit them quite a lot. So I would not be surprised to see them right up there. Again, caveat in the race rather than in qualifying, but it's not a sprint race this weekend. So the race is the only thing that counts for points. Uh, so the only thing that Sam is cheering in the background, as we all are. Um, I'm not because we just yeah. get one the week after. Oh, bring the mood down. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think they could be really strong, really strong in the race, and give Mercedes, uh, give Mercedes, give Ferrari and Red Bull a, a real headache. And how good would that be to see three teams evolved in the in the race win fight? I think that'd be excellent. So, um, yeah, I, I, I do think they could be could be right on the pace this weekend. Bit of bit of. Home home advantage, as Dr. Nige said, it's worth half a second. Not sure if that's true, but always helps G you up a bit, doesn't it? Having uh, the, the home support and Silverstone is as sold out as a Silverstone can be, I think. It's sold out a long time ago. So we're not there, annoyingly. Yeah, well, it's sold out. That's why. Um, yeah, we aren't there. Oh, this, you, you two just keep bringing down, bringing down the mood. It's a sad week. Someone send us tickets. There's got to be someone who listens to this podcast that has the capability to send us three tickets. Please, we've, we've been doing it long enough. Matthew Bonner, is that you, mate? <laughs> <laughs> Two shout-outs. <Yeah. laughs> got to appreciate that. Um, I, I, think you, I think you're both right about the, uh, the points you make there in that... Mercedes, just based on the level of porpoising that they've had so far this year, are going to naturally perform better at smoother, purpose-created tracks. And ultimately, we've had since the Spanish Grand Prix, where they showed a bit more, at least versus the races before that, um, we've had some circuits where they haven't really been able to 
to show their true pace because they have been street circuits or temporary tracks. We've obviously had like Baku, we've had Canada that's kind of half and half. So um, yeah, I, I think now we get back to Silverstone should be smoother for Mercedes and therefore the race should in theory, at least on paper, um, would go better for them. Um, as you've already mentioned, Sam, updates are expected as well. Harry, as you've already um, said, Dr. Nige does believe that half a second can be found around Silverstone if you're a home driver because of the crowd, um, which, you know, if you combine them, that's one whole second for Mercedes, which, you know, they could probably do with right now. It's a lot. And it, apparently as well, just to add to that, it's, it looks like they're, um, I don't know what you'd call this, but their explorative approach to uh, um, setups seems to be over. Um, they seem to be going less radical now. Um, they, they, I know they've gone pretty wild in terms of different directions for Russell and Hamilton in previous races to try and find something. Um, but I think that is ending at the British Grand Prix this weekend. So uh, all in all, it looks like it will be a better weekend for Mercedes. I think the bigger question is how far does that go? How far does that reach? I am, because I am, of course, cynical, Ben, I'm far more pessimistic about Mercedes' chances this weekend than the pair of you, because um, I still think they have too much ground to make up. I mentioned the Spanish Grand Prix, which, again, is kind of the last um, proper circuit that we went to. George Russell, and, and everyone said coming out, out of the race, it's much more encouraging for Mercedes, and I think it was, but the problem was that Russell was still 33 seconds behind Max Verstappen at the end of the Spanish Grand Prix. And that's with Max Verstappen taking a trip in the gravel and being stuck behind George Russell for far longer than he should have been. Um, and even in qualifying where Russell was able to mix it with the Red Bulls and the and the Ferraris, he was still six tenths behind Charles Leclerc in that qualifying session, um, which, you know, around an, an 80 second lap is um, isn't great. Just um, just a bit of an insight. I say 80-second lap. In my notes, I thought I put 80-slap, and I couldn't understand why I, put, why I wrote down 80-slap to be mentioned on this podcast. Um, <laughs> Bad handwriting strikes again, folks. Folks, if you haven't seen it, Ben Hocking has quite possibly the worst handwriting in all of adult mankind. Possibly. But also, I thought... Hieroglyphics, mate. It, it really is. But after realizing that it didn't say 80 slap i thought it said 80s lap and why am i referencing a lap from the 1980s before i finally got there that the s stands for seconds and i am talking about my own notes that i made literally <laughs> hours ago um so yes I mean, Ben's I, I, anyone who makes notes so i don't know what i've been mocking him. <laughs> what a nerd do i think mercedes will be closer yes do i think that they will be up there with ferrari and red bull competing for the win no Oh, where's the cynical Ben jingle? Why haven't you clipped it and put it on the soundboard? Oh, I'm not enough of a nerd yet, apparently. I'll, I'll keep working on it. You freaking nerd. Yeah. You freaking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> that is old LB banter. Really We've been saying that for years. Um, there are quite a lot of upgrades coming in the midfield. I think Alpine are looking at upgrades, um, Aston Martin as well. A few have confirmed that they, def they definitely won't have any. So I think Haas and McLaren are amongst that list. Um, Harry, do you think that there might be a bit of a shake-up in the midfield as a result of uh, some up updates and some not bringing updates? Well, I heard earlier that Williams are bringing an entire jet engine. They're just strapping it to their car, apparently. Might make Q3, who knows? That... <laughs> 
Smidge. Um, yeah, I think the the midfield is is uh, it's topsy turvy at the best of times, and I think this year, especially as teams in that midfield bring upgrades, we obviously saw in Canada the Alpine was pretty strong. The Aston Martin looked pretty strong in practice, and I don't know what happened in qualifying, but I think arguably they finished lower down than where that that uh, car should have been. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's another shakeup. It's interesting because I think House and McLaren are doing the same strategy of understanding the car rather than throwing upgrades at it, which yes works. But I think we've seen already uh, House and McLaren have been up and down in their performance, so it's a it's a risky strategy that one. But you know they might still be there just on pace alone. But I think the form book in the midfield has been so hard to read this year that you know. Those teams could bring uh, those teams you mentioned could bring upgrades, and it makes it worse. And you know they fall fall further down the field. So, um, yeah, uh, expecting another shake up. Very hard to, as I say, very hard to read the form going into each weekend. Uh, I mean, Alpine are throwing everything at it. They're just upgrade after upgrade. Alonso is going to be winning the races if they carry on like this. Magic. Um, He's winning every yeah. race, isn't he? Oh yeah, true. <laughs> if you believe one YouTube channel, um, <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, it's 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 uh, it's difficult to read, but I would not be surprised if the if the form get, form book gets thrown out the window again and Nicholas Latifi gets a podium. That that would actually surprise me um, if that happened. But I just, think your your point at large is a good one. Just to say, first of all, it's really encouraging to see actually all of these teams. I think Red Bull are bringing updates as well. It's really great to see all of these teams bringing updates when just a few weeks ago, it looked like they weren't going to make the last four races of the season if the budget cap wasn't increased. So I can only conclude that these teams are managing to bring upgrades for free, which is brilliant engineering work on their end. Um, So well done. They found some down the uh, the back of the sofa. Yeah, clearly. They haven't got the money. Apparently. <laughs> anyway, there's enough of that. That's my jabbing. Um, Cynical bit. The, the only thing I'll add to um, to Harry's point, uh, just with Haas actually not bringing anything, you might have no, you might have seen that uh, Roman Grosjean had a bit of a, I don't know what you'd call it. Maybe he had a bit of a jab at, at Haas. Um, of course, Roman Grosjean raced for Haas for a number of years. Um, mentioning that Haas not bringing upgrades is hardly news in that that's kind of how they've always been. Um, which I thought was an interesting comment. And I guess he's somewhat right, even though, I don't know, he, he might not be the most reliable source based on what he's what he's saying here. Um, but I think he, he, he does actually have a point. Um, it does always seem as if Haas are, apart from the last couple of years, they are on it at the beginning of the year. Like the Australian Grand Prix, when that was the first race of the season, Haas used to nail that race and then forget the rest of the year. Um but we got. It seems like we've had the same thing this year. Bahrain was arguably their best race in terms of pure pace, um, and they just aren't scoring the points at the moment. Which I don't necessarily think is all down to pace because I think they they do still have. I mean, they both made Q three, of course, in Canada, so there's something there. But they just can't seem to convert anything at the moment. And you know, maybe like you say, Harry, maybe getting to know the car is going to be the better strategy here. Um, it's either that or they're going to be left behind. And um, it will wait to see uh, come Sunday. On Haas, they're a bit scarred with, is it 20, either 2020 or 2019 when they, they threw upgrades at the car and then Magnussen and Grosjean were like, 
plus can we go back to the first car? And Gunther was like, no. Yeah, and then one of them better. did and one of them didn't. <laughs> yeah, Grosjean went back and went quicker. And then they were like, oh, wait. Oh, that's not good. So I think they're just a bit scared of that again, I guess. It's good for Netflix, at least. Good for Netflix, at least. What do you reckon on the upgrades <laughs> in the midfield, Sam? Um, Alpine, I mean, they've already invented warp speed. So I imagine that they're now just going to be traveling around as if they were a spaceship, you know, rattling through. It's, it's quite impressive the way they've motored their way up the midfield. And I would argue they are possibly the fourth fastest car on the grid now. Um, you compare that with McLaren, who we, we compared them to, uh, about a week ago about who might finish in that fourth spot. And um, McLaren are the ones I'm worrying about at, at Canada, which is a very similar circuit, as we've already mentioned. Um, they already weren't great. Norris, well outside the points. And yes, it was a combination of a pit stop error and a few other little niggles and problems. But they never had the speed to close the gap. They were never gaining rapidly again at the end. They were where they were. They, they really didn't make inroads. So the fact they're not bringing upgrades to a track that is so relying on constant speed. You cannot let off the throttle at Silverstone and they're not bringing anything. But Alpine are bringing more upgrades to what is already a rocket ship and in the words, and in the hands of Fernando Alonso, a rocket ship that is the width of what feels like planet Earth when you're stuck behind him. The man never lets anyone through. Um, Alpine, I'm very impressed with and I'm, I'm wondering how far they could go with it. McLaren, I'm terrified for. Williams, on the other hand, I'm starting to feel like they wish they could just develop the DeLorean, so maybe they could go back in time to the big 90s and rewrite history because it's just not going their way, is it? No matter what they try, no matter what they do, back of the grid is there for you. Um, it's, it's just been a shocker. And I really thought they might kickstart. Aston Martin have kickstarted. Uh, Vettel has had a couple of really good races in a row. Stroll is improving. The upgrades, despite them doing a copy and paste on the Red Bull, has worked and it's been proven to not be illegal. So... Williams need to find a philosophy and they need to get on with it, bro, because they're not achieving anything other than regularly finishing at the back with one driver and the other driver scrambling on a lucky day to get in the point. So I'm hoping they bring something big, a big package, a whole new car. Like I said, the DeLorean might be an upgrade for them right. when you hit 88 miles an hour. Um, but Alpine are the one that I'm excited for. Alpine and Mercedes. I'm hoping that Mercedes can mix it with those up two, those top two. And Alpine maybe could kick on a little bit. We could see something a little bit magic come from Alonso. I completely missed that Williams are bringing the DeLorean this weekend. I can't I can't believe that. I thought that would have been front and centre news. Yeah, I haven't seen anyone very report that. But, but they Where have you been? Very well spoken about. Mm. To be honest, rather than back to the future, it's just back. It's just... Yeah. yeah. That's just Absolutely Williams. brutal. So brutal on Williams this weekend, Ben. Well, you know, you know, start scoring some points and <laughs> might be able to shut me up. Um, we've got bold predictions and our poll one, two, three submissions coming up right after this. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. 
So we'll uh, submit our own bold predictions. First of all, we do have a few bold predictions from our Discord server as well that we'll play out to see how, how they stack up versus our own ones. Um, what have you got, Sam? Bold prediction. Uh, so we have already listened to the, the submissions. We have to. We have to censor check them for obvious reasons. I was a little bit annoyed because I heard mine come up a couple of times, but I am going to stick with it. Um, I think that, including the Mercedes topic, Mercedes will finish 1-2 at Silverstone and Lewis Hamilton will be the first driver to win at the same track nine times. And I, I thank that stat from Sean Kelly, who we had on Friend of the Podcast because I wasn't aware of it off the top of my head at that point and I've completely nicked it from him. So... Cheers, Sean. Episode out soon. Have we announced that it's Sean Kelly? Well, we just did. Yeah, well, the Discord go. <laughs> just... The Discord go. It's the virtual stat man. <laughs> this is how we announce things on our podcast. We accidentally do it during bold predictions. <laughs> um, interesting. I mean, my bold prediction, I think in qualifying, the top four spots will be occupied by four different teams. Oh, who, who's the fourth team? Because obviously you've got the obvious three. Who's the fourth team in your mind? Are you, are you, it's not part of your prediction. I'm just uh, curious. <laughs> Williams. I'm curious. Yeah. Dams. Good. Dams. Oh, yeah. Toyota. <laughs> yeah. And back. Mahindra. Good. Um, oh, good. Oh. Ferrari, Red Bull, Mercedes, Alpine. One of each of those four will occupy the top four in qualifying. Ocon on pole. Come on. Huge. Who knows? Who knows? Harry, what's your bold prediction? I believe in the magic. I believe in the wizard. So Fernando Alonso podium. Done. The wizard, Fernando Alonso. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, so basically, good weekend for Mercedes if you listen to Sam. Good weekend for Alonso if you listen to Harry. And a somewhat okay weekend for both of them if you listen to me. <laughs> and that's it for the podcast. Standard. Um <laughs> We'll do our poll one, two, three submissions and then we'll get into the Discord bold predictions. What have you got, Harry? Poll one, two, three. Um, I've got Chucky Leclerc at pole position. He's also going to win the race. Um, Hamilton's going to be second. Alonso's going to be third. Sounds like an all right race. If you're not a Red That's Bull fun. fan. <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, that, that would be some way for the Red Bull streak of wins to be snapped not even getting on the podium or a pole position. Um, there you go. There you go, yeah. Charles Leclerc taking the win. Sam, your pole one, two, three. Uh, pole will go to Maxi Verstapp. I think he'll. Uh, I think it will suit the track well, the Red Bull. Uh, and then I think the wing will be Lewis Hamilton. Second place, George Russell. And third will be Carlos Sainz. So no Red Bull podium again. Nice. <laughs> Great ball. Sorry, guys. It's funny because I'm, I'm playing the Uno reverse card here because I'm going the complete opposite of these two. Uh, I'm saying Max Verstappen is going to get pole position. I then think Max Verstappen is going to win the race. Uh, I've got Sergio Perez finishing second and Charles Leclerc finishing third. So I've got a Red Bull 1 2. So the most boring, stereotypical race this season that we could have probably have had. Have we had that podium? Oh, we may as well have done, we may, Go We away. may as well have done is not we have. We might have had it once. I don't know. Right, I'm going to fart on the mic in a minute. Shut up. <laughs> Just giving Harry work, not me. Oh, I don't wanna, Harry, don't hang it out. Please don't edit out a fart. I don't want to do that. <laughs> oh, oh pr- Sorry to all new listeners. Uh, and old. Uh, bold predictions. We've got a few coming up. Um, 
Let's start with let's start with Teenags. Hey guys, this is Teenags. Uh, love the show. Thanks for all that you do. Uh, my bold predictions for Silverstone are that the Sausage King Pierre Gasly <laughs> will finish P five, and that a Mercedes <laughs> will finish ahead of both Ferraris. We love the Sausage King. Speaking of the Sausage King. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you've seen it, and listeners, if you've seen it. Um, Pierre Gasly, of course, now famed for Liked by Pierre Gasly. He brought out a T-shirt recently where on the back it just says Liked by Pierre Gasly. I was quite tempted to parody it and do a Sausages Out for Gasly in a very similar style. Um, if you're interested, let me know. Can Liked by Pierre Gasly go away now? I'm, I'm done with it now. Bored. Ben's oh, that's a new feature. Bored Ben, ben. <laughs> <laughs> Gasly boys. <laughs> on to the next, uh, on to the next <laughs> prediction. Uh, we've got Paolo up next. Right, so I'm quoting Harry when I say this. Uh, it says, "If it says nice things about us, slash has a musical number, it'll probably get on." But Correct. I'm not really prepared to say nice things about you, so I'll do a musical Ooh, uh, bit instead. Okay. Has double points finish. How are the has? Ah, it's good. He has absolutely nailed that. So, um, oh, I think that was has double points finish in that possibly. Um, who should we? Who should we get on next? Who should we go on next? Let's uh, let's go for Cali seventy next. Harry, what's going on, Harry? Harry's hey, my guy Kelly. now. He's usually on the Ricardo train with me, unlike you, Sam. I am going to stay away from Ricardo this week, though. Anyways, Ben, you're still rocking those glasses, I see. My bold prediction for Silverstone, <laughs> you guys will love it. It's going to be an all-British podium. Russell will finish first, getting his first win. Norris in second. Hamilton will finish in third. Maybe with my own British bias, I'll get back on the pod and and uh, take a little break from Ricardo, give him some time off. Love you guys. We love you. Thanks, Callie. Um, I'm curious to know other people's thoughts on my glasses. So at Ben Hocking F1, uh, let me know what you think. Um, are my glasses as good as Callie says? And if not, I don't know, recommend some new ones. This this is a, this is really bad for someone who is your best friend. Have you always had glasses? Oh my god! Since, <laughs> we since I've known yes. you, yes, I have always had glasses. Yeah, yeah. Okay. which is over for everyone listening. It's well over a decade at this point. Yes. Yeah, I mean it's not well over. It's a, it, it is a decade, decade exactly, right? isn't it? Yeah. Oh. I mean, you two have known each other for longer because Sam that's, was arguing about trees. That's a story for family. another day. If we haven't told it already, <laughs> um, that is absolutely a story for another day. <laughs> sounds so ridiculous because that line but it's true um we'll get to that at some point i I promise you i promise you um we'll go on to card jam next all right so i got my bold prediction for silverstone i gotta say is it's gonna be a fast one it's gonna be a saucy one it's gonna be an easy breezy maxi boy w he's going for it all and he's gonna win by the biggest margin of the entire year. I'm talking more than Australia. 20 plus seconds. Let's go, baby. Yay! yay. 
Maxi boy. I can't believe I'm opening this up, but um, the end of that sounded like a, a Dallas Cowboy in there. Yeah, we're the Dallas Cowboys. I can't even complain about what I, I teed it up. Pew, pew. Come pew, on pew. down to the watering hole. The speakeasy. <laughs> More people listen to us in the United States than anywhere in the world. Oh, and we proceed the, to do joke. that. I love the United States because they let us do that and they're joining. Uh, let's let's go to I don't know how I'm pronouncing this. Banana boy. <laughs> Top of the morning. Would you like a spot of tea? These are my predictions for the Grand Prix here in bloody old Britain. That it will be an old British podium. Hamilton one, Russell two, and Landau Norris in third. And I put that Max Verstappen and Charles Leclerc will crash out of the race. He he said, would you like a spot of tea? That's not a thing. (laughs) Yes, it is. That's a how I talk when I'm off the podcast. <laughs> Do you like a spot of tea? Oh, Hello, man. mate. Would you like a spot of tea? Top of the morning for you. You also went a little bit Australian in the middle. We went everywhere. Hey. We went around the world yeah. in that in that submission. I loved it. That was incredibly entertaining. It. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, and I'll, we'll, we'll go for one more. Come on, bungers. Bungers! Bungers. Hello, my relate breaking lads from across Le Big Wet <laughs> after a one week hiatus after me totally forgetting to turn my notifications for Discord back on on my phone oh, following the Canadian Grand Prix so I wouldn't get spoiled uh, while I worked during the day I am back for some for the British Grand Prix and my spicy predictions from good old bungers and those predictions are that georgie russ the tall glass of milk (laughs) is going to win the race this weekend and lewis hamilton is going to dnf within the first 10 laps of the race keep it spicy my dudes my dude cheers bungers um I'll do, do it for the bold predictions but um, do let us know your bold predictions listening along um, let us know Twitter at Al Breaking in the Discord we're, wherever you'll find us somewhere let us know your, your bold predictions we're very interested to hear speaking of um, ways to find us I feel like now's a good time to ask because we were talking about the community we were talking about opening a PO box um, we have not put any certainty or real thought into this, but sure. if you wanted to physically send us something, preferably something nice like a letter or something relates to where you're from or something about a race or anything you want maybe spoken about as a story on the podcast or anything like that, um, would you be interested in sending us something? Uh, if you don't, we're not offended. Just let us know so we don't waste a lot of money, which we don't really have on opening one. Thank you. Uh, we can move on. Thank you very much. More postbox chat right after this. <laughs> Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So moving on, um, we're recording this as uh, on normal time, uh, Wednesday evening. So uh, I guess it, it's been a couple of days now since uh, it was uncovered, I guess, because it's a bit of a weird one. Um, the comments made by Nelson Piquet in relation to Lewis Hamilton. Um, I say uncovered because these comments were actually made over six months ago. Uh, they were made last November, but it seems to have only been in the last couple of days that they have resurfaced um and they've been getting a lot of traction um racist remarks from nelson pk in the direction of uh lewis hamilton from a from an interview last november um sam what did you make of the the comments when you first learned about them and indeed the uh response from hamilton himself or the community um what did you make of it um i'm i'm i want to start this point with the fact that I am not an expert on how people from Brazil speak to each other. I don't speak any form of Portuguese, whether that be Brazilian Portuguese, Portuguese itself. So if there is some kind of native tendency of endearment, I I don't know it. Okay. So I'm coming from this with the point that I don't understand that, that language and how you may refer to each other, but in the world of entertainment, in the world of, of sport. Where it is, the universal language is English, and and Nelson Piquet is not exactly new to the sport. He's fully aware that English is the main language, and he knows full well what that word translates to. It is a, a you know a racially derogative term that was spoken about Lewis Hamilton. Um, I was pretty appalled. I was pretty upset, um, and it's it's really sad to hear that someone with such status in the world of Formula One felt so confident and comfortable saying it. Um, but you know what? I, I shouldn't really be shocked because a fun thing about Nelson Piquet, if you were to take a little trip onto Google, search Nelson Piquet, click on his Wikipedia page and scroll down, you'll find that the man has an entire section titled Offensive Language and Insults, where he has been recording on multiple times insulting people who are his colleagues, who are fellow people in the Formula One paddock, and they're not just insults how we insult each other, like idiot, moron, you burke your pleb, anything that is a bit old school and silly, right? No. Here's a few insults that he's called people. Just so you can get the vibe of how he may have meant this. And we'll move on to the next point. He called Nigel Manson an uneducated blockhead. He then also called his wife Roseanne ugly. He then called Ayrton Senna gay and referred to Ayrton Senna being gay until 2020. Now, of course, there is absolutely nothing wrong with being part of the LGBTQ plus society. We embrace it. We love it. We are massive allies here at the Late Breaking Podcast. But just using it as a term of insult is not okay, not acceptable. He then also, I believe, uh, called Enzo Ferrari senile uh, in public as well. So the fact that he's come out and said that Lewis Hamilton is this racially motivated and insulting word... Um, he's never called another F1 driver this before. The only black F1 driver to grace the paddock has been called it. It's hard to look past this as a term of endearment as he's tried to disguise it as, which is what his apology mentioned. He said that in um, 
in Brazil, well, obviously where he's from, in, with the Portuguese language that they speak, this word is known as a term of endearment. But he's only used it for the only black driver on the grid. He didn't call Max it. He didn't call any other drivers on the paddock it currently. He's not mentioned it about anyone else. So I feel like he's trying to scapegoat himself a little bit there. It's offensive. It's insulting. It's sad. So that apology, I think, to me was was incorrect. An apology with a butt at the end of it is never good enough. But then we have the other side of things, the way that Formula One has reacted. Now, I think Lewis Hamilton reacted brilliantly. He he had a little bit of a joke. I don't know if you've seen it. There's a young man that tweeted saying that Lewis Hamilton should simply just admit that, uh, that Nelson Piquet never existed and move on. And Lewis Hamilton had a bit of a jab by going, yeah, I could. Exactly that. Who is Nelson Piquet? And then he said that, obviously, words are archaic. It's a bit old school. We need to educate. We need to move on. We need to take action. And, you know, we as a trio stand with Lewis Hamilton and we, we support that, that notion. But F1 itself, I don't think has stood with Lewis Hamilton at all. I think Lewis Hamilton is very much standing on his own, maybe with the support of a few drivers and his team, Mercedes, who I do feel defend him. But I think F1 as a, a company, as, a, as a, an image, as a global brand, have left Lewis Hamilton out in the cold. They issued a very, very brief, not a, pot, a statement, where they said it won't be accepted. It took them a couple of days, and it finally looks like Nelson Piquet might be banned from Formula 1 events going forward. But they're not doing anything major. They're not doing anything impactful. They're not going out of their way to sort anything or help. We have this whole we race as one notion, which is never employed properly with the mix of kneeling or no kneeling and poor statements. And this was another opportunity for them to really hammer home equality and opening up those who are minorities in the sport, you know, whether it be race, sexuality, uh, you know, women, whoever it may be, they could have done a really good job here at using this as an opportunity to lift those up that need it. And, I, you know, Hamilton's gone above and beyond. He's one of the biggest sporting faces worldwide in history, uh, culturally. He does a lot. And I don't think everyone do anything for him. So I was appalled when I heard what Nelson Piquet said. And um, I'm really glad that Lewis has stood up and, and you know, taking it and, and showing who he is and we support him for that. But I was really disappointed with how Formula One dealt with the situation. I feel like it was slow, it was half-assed, and it was disappointing. And unfortunately, I'm not really surprised because that seems to always be the way they handle these kind of issues when it's a tough, sensitive subject. They seem to half-arse it. Um, but yeah, obviously, we stay stand with Lewis Hamilton and, and supporting that sentiment. Yeah, I mean, the, the comments very simply put were, were disgusting. And I think you are right to raise, Sam, that language-wise, there is that, that barrier here. Um, but I think you only need to look at the context in which he used this word to work out very quickly that it was not meant in a nice, loving way. I mean, he was directly talking about the cops incident of last year where Hamilton put his car. Uh, and I think he, he used this word twice. Um, and it just it is very clear it was meant as an insult. And realistically, I, there's been a lot of debate as to how that word translates into English and how bad it is on a scale realistically if it's on the scale that's enough of a problem if, if you're having to debate whether it's very racist or slightly less than very racist it doesn't really matter it's racism and it's a massive problem so i thought these comments were were out of line and in terms of the comments themselves i don't really have too much more to say it should really be as simple as that they were disgusting comments and they should not be, not even be entertained They're not even close to entertained um in terms of the response from the FIA and F1, because there is that distinction, I guess, I think you're right. I think it was 
lacklustre, it was weak, uh, it was empty, and the worst word, it was expected. It was completely on par with what we've seen before. Um, and a lot of it, this is one of my main problems with this, is a lot of media outlets, news outlets have reported on this, what F1 and the FIA said as a result of these comments. And they're all saying exactly the same thing. The FIA and F1 slam Nelson Piquet's words or condemn Nelson Piquet's language. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. You you look at look at all of the releases. They do not mention him by name whatsoever. They do not have the guts to call out this person by name. So all of those all of those all of those reports, all of those articles that say that they've called out Nelson Piquet are not correct. They've called out discriminatory language they've called out they've condemned racist language but they do not reference him by name which tells you everything you need to know on this and and the FIA's statement itself I was I was very disappointed by and I thought initially I might have been nitpicking on this but the more I look at it I don't think I am they they mentioned that they they sign off their um their statement by saying we express our solidarity with Lewis Hamilton and fully support his commitment to equality diversity and inclusion in motorsport it is not his commitment. It is your commitment. It is your job to lead, not to follow one individual. It should never land on the shoulders of one person who is the only black individual within Formula One, at least in terms of drivers. It is not your job to sit on the sidelines cheering him as he fights this one person battle. It is your job to lead. And it is Hamilton's, not duty, it is Hamilton's prerogative to support you. You are the ones that should be leading this and not putting the emphasis on on one person. And overall, the, the we can debate as to who should have responded because we've seen statements from some teams, some teams not getting involved, some drivers getting involved, some not. And we, we can debate, you know, who should get involved and who shouldn't. But from the ones that have said statements, and you could argue, yes, they're doing more by producing a statement than not producing a statement completely agree with that but there are a few things that i i look at and i i can't quite work out why it's why they've done this i'm not sure i'm going to articulate this brilliantly well but i've seen a lot of statements such as i've known lewis hamilton since this age he's a great person i've lewis hamilton's done so much for diversity lewis hamilton's done and it's absolutely correct every time someone's posted it but in a weird sort of way it's completely irrelevant it's completely irrelevant what he's done in this context for diversity. Because are you therefore saying that if he hadn't done all that, it would be okay that he's subject to this abuse? He should not be subject to this abuse because he's a human being. Like, it should be full stop. Lewis Hamilton, for the, his entire career, could not have lifted a finger to do with discrimination in F1, and that would have been absolutely fine. Are you saying in that instance it would be okay, but because he has done so much at that point, he shouldn't receive this language? I I, I don't know. It, it just seems as if the statements put out from a lot of people are a lot more complicated and convoluted than they need to be. It's just, we condemn Nelson Piquet's language. It is not acceptable. I am working with the FIA and supporting parties to ensure that we race as one, as the statement says. It's as simple as that. Um, and as for the apology itself from Nelson Peake, I'm not even going to get into that because I, I, I don't I don't feel right calling it an apology, quite frankly. I don't think it classifies as one. Um, Harry, what, what did you make of the comments? 
I am. Um, <clears throat> I don't have too much else more to say because you guys have have made all my points, and arguably probably more eloquently than than I would. Um, you're right on the on the on the the responses from the F1 teams and and various people, and and again they are correct in doing it, but it, it, it the whole thing feels quite and obviously it is reactive they didn't expect this to happen but it just feels quite um don't know like they the not that i don't i don't know what the right word is but they're just in a bit of a flap about how to respond to it they don't quite know what to do and it feels like as you say the re, we races one message feels like they should already know what to do and and the, this they're, they're sort of having to react to these situations whereas they should already be you know aligned and working together on it so i think you're correct in saying that ben the comments from nelson peak obviously at the uh, which is the main issue here yeah look uh abhorrent um you can't it's just unacceptable and obviously i know it was a bit delayed but the decision to ban him from the paddock is the right one he has and always will be an ass and get in the bin. So <laughs> I don't honestly have much more to say on it because, as I said, you guys have already made the cut. The my, my main points on this, but um, yeah, just a bit of a dick, isn't he? To be honest. So we're actually going to dedicate the last half hour of this podcast just to Nigel Mansell overtaking him at Silverstone. <laughs> yes, on, on loop. <laughs> Is it going to be a blow by blow dissection <laughs> of uh, that that dummy into Stowe? Yeah. God, Dr. Nige. What a move that was, <laughs> by the way. What a oh, move. God, yeah. Anyway, should, we, uh, should we move on to um, to Sebastian Vettel uh, and Aston Martin? Because there is a question mark as to what will happen for 2023 at the team. Currently, Vettel and Stroll are not signed up for next year. Stroll might be in the running. We'll, we'll wait and see on that one. But um, at least talk with <laughs> Sebastian Vettel as to whether that relationship will... First of all, carry on. Um, but secondly, w- whether it will carry on long term, whether Vettel would sign up for multiple years rather than just one more. Um, what, what do you reckon on this, Sam? Do you think that the two parties should get the, the deal done here? This is an interesting one. Often when we have these kind of questions posed on the podcast, I feel like I can very easily swing clearly in one direction. You know, when we spoke about... Um, Gasly Boy and Alpha Tauri, for example, I knew exactly how I felt on the situation. It was a, a good move for, for Gasly to keep himself in the sport. It was a bad move for Alpha Tauri. What's the point? You know, etc. Aston Martin are a tough one. They are not progressing up the field as I believe they would have liked to, especially at the start of a new era where they had a, a, the same playing field as everyone else. Um, and equally, Sebastian Vettel is in the twilight stage of his career, the last couple of years. And I don't know what his passion is like for Formula One anymore. I don't know how much he loves the sport like he once did. So Aston Martin keeping Sebastian Vettel, what are the perks? Well, you get a four-time world champion. You get a race winner. You get someone with experience at major teams such as Red Bull and Ferrari. You get someone that on their day, as we've seen in the last couple of races, can really turn out a fantastic result and can get the job done. Now, that makes a lot of sense to keep that person on. And who do you replace him with? Who's the logical person that you replace them with at the moment? Gasly? Well, I mean, they've just signed to the end of 2023, so you may as well extend to the end of 2023. Uh, Piastri? Uh, I guess. You know, it's an option. It will cost you a lot of money, though. I don't I don't think Seb will actually cost you as much to continue that contract to run through. And you have to buy him out of Alpine. And then who else have you really got? They don't really seem to have a young driver program that's flowing, that's obvious. 
So, you know, not ideal. So I feel not like ideal. it's a nice. it's there, it's back folk. Come it's on. not ideal. Um I just feel like this is one of those situations where they just this is the only obvious solution. And so why not just go for one more year? Semi Vet can see how he feels. He gets another year in a car that isn't gonna be a race winner. He can make up his mind a little bit more slow. And Aston Martin get a driver all that experience who so they know that they like, the team like, they get along with, and they can put in a good performance. So for me, this feels like the obvious one. Get it done, one more year, reevaluate in 2023 when the driver market it kicks off big time. Lots of contracts run out in 2023. So yeah, get it done. I'm not convinced. I'm not blown away by it, but it's logical. Get it done. Harry, do you think they should get this done and on a short-term basis, as Sam suggests, or longer term? Um, yeah, I'm kind of, kind of with Sam on this one. I think it's the the logical logical move, and I would get it done. I think there, I think the issue for for the team is that I think they need to convince Seb uh, that it's enough. It's going to be you know they've got enough coming down the pipeline for him to 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 stick around. Um, because as Sam said, he's in his twilight years as a racing driver. I think it's fair to say, and he might just want to go home and put his feet up in front of the fire in uh, in Switzerland, or I think he lives in Switzerland, right? Uh, so yeah, so I think that's that's probably the, where their main issue is. I think they need to prove to him that there is potential, more potential in this in this car, in this outfit, um, for him to stay. But um, yeah, I don't know where else do you go. All the other people are all the other people you might sign are signed up, really. Uh, so I think yeah, it makes sense to sign him on for for at least another year. I think you're probably right. Um, I'm I'm kind of with you, Sam, on this one. I'm unconvinced in what I'm saying, but but ultimately it feels like it's an an inevitability, and that there isn't another direction for them to go down. Um, yeah, the, the main problem is when you. I know he's technically out of. A contract at the end of this year as well but when you've got Stroll essentially locked in in the other seat it just means committing long term in the other seat it makes it all the more risky because at that point you're, you're kind of out of options um, so I, I think one year does make sense from both perspectives I don't think Vettel wants to commit to a project long term if it's not going to yield results and um, Aston Martin needs to keep their op- options open because you know Vettel has been okay since he joined Aston Martin. But, I mean, you don't pick up a four-time champion of the world in the hope that he's going to be okay. Um, he has underwhelmed, quite frankly. Um, has he underwhelmed as much as Stroll? No, which stands him in fairly good stead. Um, it, it's, yeah, I, I haven't been blown away by what Vettel's done at the team, far from it. Um, but he is a solid, um, he's a solid driver. He will get the job done uh, most of the time. So you probably just extend that for for one more year just keep him a little bit longer um and ultimately yeah the question is who else would it be instead of Vettel who will definitely come in and do a better job I don't think there's there's anyone really out there so um I I guess they do just have to be a bit careful uh well maybe they don't but salary wise um making sure that you know they're they're not overpaying for for what they're getting with Sebastian Vettel but you know it might not be a concern with Lawrence's deep pockets I just throw every every penny you can at him. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Here come the money. 
Thank you for that, Sam. Um, money, 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 money. And it's a good thing that you gave your vocal cords a bit of a warm up because after this, we are going to play a brand new, never heard before game on this podcast. Oh, oh yeah, here we go. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ladies and gentlemen, the brand new game is coming up. Have we, have we revealed what the name is yet? I was going to do a grand reveal, but you haven't met, you haven't like slipped it, have you, Sam? You have already at the start, Did I right? say the name? Yeah, you gave it away at the start. Yeah, you revealed it. Day one. Moment we got into the All podcast. Right. Pretend I didn't, didn't say the intro. Or if you skipped over it, this is great. Um, we've got a brand new game, and it's called Late Faking. Oh, that's clever naming, Ben. Oh, I'm more than just a pretty face with great glasses. Um, yeah, Late Faking, <laughs> brand new game on the on the podcast. Um, so, as well as explaining the concept to the folks at home. I'm going to be explaining the concept to you two as well, because you'll be playing it. Uh, I'm, there are six numbers in front of me and six categories, uh, and there are five things in each category. I'm being very vague about this, I appreciate. Um, and But there's one fake in the list that I'm about to give you for each one, and you have to tell me who the fake is. So I might give you five different drivers and say, all of these drivers have won 50 Grand Prix, and you have to tell me, well... Four of them might have done, but that one you said, that's the fake. Um, and if you get it right, you get a point. If you get it wrong, it passes over to the other person with the attempt to steal. Do you understand? The steal is back. I actually literally zoned out for that entire segment, <laughs> but I'm sure I'll pick it up. <laughs> Harry, I've known you 10 years. I've never known you to zone in, so... <laughs> I'll, I'll pick it up. Let's go. You know what? I'll let Sam go first. Pay attention because you'll be up next. <laughs> am I am I singing a jingle or not? Oh, oh yeah, yeah go on then, mate. I've written a whole thing here. Bloody hell, I've forgotten Come immediately. On. Okay, here we go. Giggle time, folks. This one's live as well. It's not even pre-recording. So they're all live. They're all live. They're all live. They're all live. Ah, psych. <laughs> Got you. Uh, okay, here we go. Here we go. Ah, they... Telling the truth or are they a fraud? What are the questions? What's in store? Please listen to the podcast, please, so I can buy literally anything. It's time to play leg faking. <laughs> yeah, that is the worst one yet. That's the worst one? Get. Terrible. <laughs> Who's going to get us for copyright on that one then? <laughs> I've made, that's what, it's so bad because I've made that's it all up entirely. 
We actually had someone. Totally original. We had someone correctly call us out on one of our jingles that it might not be completely <laughs> original. Um, hey, look, the lyrics are always original. Yes. Just one of the tunes I did steal. Yes, maybe. Let's see if you can work out which one it is. Um, yeah, numbers one through six. Sam, what number would you like? Um. Uh, well, start as we mean to go on. Number one. Number one. Okay. Um. So I'm going to name five circuits. Four of them have hosted a Grand Prix at some point. One of them hasn't. Okay. You have to tell me which one hasn't hosted a Grand Prix. Michigan International Speedway. Right. Bugatti Circuit at Le Mans. Sebring. Aintree. Sebring. Sorry, Sebring. Aintree. And Dijon. Do you ever listen to a list and you think... I don't know. Yeah, I know one has hosted a... (laughs) Well, let's start there. Let's go through your your thinking. Which one do you know has? Um... Well, now I'm panicking because I don't. I don't think. I don't think that one has now. Oh, but I hope you've all realised this. Listeners, if you knew, fifty-fifties are the bane of my life. I never get a fifty-fifty correct. This is essentially a widened fifty-fifty. It's like a twenty, 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 twenty. Right. Um, You're welcome. Yeah. Good. So now I'm going to write down the answers. Right. So I'll write down the questions. So we've got um, Michigan International Speedway. Yes, uh, that's one of them. Bugatti Circuit um, at Le Mans. Sebring in F1 the US. Bugatti. Hold on. Um, and then Sebring. What's the F1 Gatti. <laughs> Sam just said F1 Gatti, right? I'm not going mad. I didn't say F1 Gatti, I said Bugatti. You just did F1 Gatti. That sounds like a new <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, Aintree. F1 Gatti. F1 Aintree. Okay, thank you. I'm writing this down. And yeah, okay. Dijon. Uh, on, we've got homes to go to here. I don't care what you've got to go home to. And Dijon. Okay. Um... I'm going to say that Dijon is the odd one out as a real punk. I thought it was Sebring. My initial thought was Sebring. And um, I've, I've, I've changed. I also got really confused with Michigan because I'm pretty certain that that's technically the Detroit Grand Prix, if my geography is correct. But uh, So I'm going to go with Dijon. It's not correct. Dijon has hosted Classic. an F1 Grand Prix. So Brilliant. Uh, Harry, you're, you get the 25, 25, 25, 25. Which one are you saying did not... Uh, you don't lose a point because, because in this I game, don't... by the way, if you try and steal. Oh, okay. So. Don't we get the point if I get yeah, it right? Yeah, of course you do. Oh. So, what's left? <laughs> <laughs> Goodness <laughs> sake. Michigan International Speedway, Bugatti, Sebring, yeah. and Aintree. Yeah. Um, uh, talk us through your logic at least if there is any well Aintree I think has has hosted one I think Bugatti yeah probably probably has done that Um, probably has done that Michigan yeah what was the other one Sebring 
Sebring. Why can't either of you say Sebring? Why can't you get Sebring. it wrong? <laughs> uh, I, it, it doesn't matter. I can just speak. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Let's go with Sebring. <laughs> oh, I'm going to Sebring this podcast to a closing in a minute. So, Sam, you know how you said that you nearly went for Sebring. It's correct. I know it. It's correct. Move on. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Uh, you'll be delighted to know Harry's also wrong. It's not Zebra. Oh, oh, thank God. Uh, Sam, your your geography was not incorrect. Detroit is in Michigan, but the Detroit Grand Prix was held around the streets of Detroit, not a Michigan International oh. Speedway. So um, that was the old one out on that one. Oh, no. All right. I don't know why I expected different, but the first ever round of late faking, it is nil-nil. <laughs> what number do you want, Harry? <laughs> Number two, please. Of course. Um, you are a number two. <laughs> You're a massive number two. <laughs> Big smelly one. <laughs> wow. What a, what a burn, right? Got him. <laughs> Going to name five drivers. Four of them have raced for Williams. No Jackie yeah. X included. <laughs> oh, no Jackie oh. X. Four Williams drivers. One never did. You have to tell me which one. Um, so we've got Antonio Pizzonia absolutely yeah. loves turn one at Circuit de Catalunya <laughs> check that one out um, Alex Zanardi Giancarlo yeah. Fisichella Carlos yeah. Reutemann and Thierry Bootsen oh, Thierry Bootsen cats isn't it Fizzy? it is indeed Fizzy never raced for Williams why does he get the easy ones? <laughs> I knew that one. I actually knew it. Because Thierry Boots and Cats. You pick wrong, Sam. Thierry Boots and Cats. What number do you want, Sam? Three through to six. Um, yeah, I'll have number three. Oh, delightful, enjoying this. Going in. in there, are, there are five drivers I'm about to name. Four of them have ten podiums and never claimed a win. The other one oh. either has won a race or has fewer than 10 podiums. Okay. Roman Grosjean. Nick Heidfeld. Yeah. Quick Nick. Carlos Sainz. Chris yeah. Amon. And of course, Warwick Warwick's favourite son, Derek. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry for new listeners. That's not going to make Warwick, any sense. Warwick. But um, yeah, Derek Warwick is the other name. One of those has fewer <laughs> than 10 wins, uh, fewer than 10 podiums. I am so bad at remembering the list. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Grosjean. Can you go through it again, please? Yeah, Grosjean, yeah. Heidfeld. Carlos yeah. Sainz. Yeah. Might have won the British Grand Prix by the time people are listening. Who knows? Uh, Chris, <laughs> Chris Amon uh, and Derek Warwick. I'm going to go for Warwick Warwick's favourite son, Derek Warwick. Well, as successful as Warwick Warwick was behind the wheel, Derek never could <laughs> claim 10 podiums. You are correct. Uh it's yes! one Yes! Thank you, Derek. For the record, at time of recording at least, Grosjean has 10, Sainz has 11, uh, so has Chris Amon, Nick Heidfeld has 13, uh, and Derek Warwick had four. 
presumably he's not going to claim anymore. Uh, he, he retired quite a while Spence ago. Spence has 11 <laughs> podiums. Seems like it was not that long ago he didn't have any. Yes, I think go. you're right. Seems mad. Um, one all, three left. What number do you want, Harry? Four. Oh, of course. <laughs> okay, I'm going to name five drivers. Four of them won a title before they turned 30. One didn't. Great. Your favourite starts the list. Jacques Villeneuve. Oh, you love him. Great. Kimi Raikkonen. Does it count? Ayrton Senna. Emerson Fittipaldi. And Graham Hill. Oh, no idea. Oh, not the grill. Um, so one of them was over 30 Correct. when they won their first championship. Correct. I haven't got, ain't got a clue. Ain't got a clue? Go for Graham Hill. It's a stab in the dark. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for the record, Jacques Villeneuve was 26 when he won his first and only title. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen, same, was uh, 28. Ayrton Senna, when he won his first, was also 28. Uh, and Emerson Fittipaldi, when he won his first of two, was 25. Graham Hill won two championships, but he was 33 when he won his first one. Oh, ancient. Ancient, indeed. There are two left, Sam, and you're 2-1 down. Can you can you complete the comeback? Number five or number six? Uh, just a screw with Harry. I'm going to go number Ooh. six, please. Ooh. All right. Boo. So, of these five drivers, four of them were in the top five of the 2011 championship. One of them wasn't. I'll give over. Lewis Hamilton... Felipe Massa, yeah. Mark yeah. Webber, Fernando Alonso, yeah. and Jensen yeah. Button. Now, is this the season that Ben loves to hold over me that Jensen Button outscored Lewis Hamilton? He beat By what was it? What was it? Two points? Something like that? It's between, if that's true, it's between Lewis Hamilton and Felipe Massa. If it's not true, it's between Jensen Button and Felipe Massa. And that means it's essentially a 50-50 on what decision I make. Um, and you know what? I'm just going to say Felipe Massa. Because why not? Because I love Felipe, baby. I'm going to say Felipe Massa. There was a reason you shouldn't say Felipe Massa. Oh. If you wanted Harry to win. It's correct. Well done. Oh, got him. Oh, Bates, where'd oh, you get Flaming like an absolute fiddle. Sent me for a bag of shit. Cool. <laughs> um, you're right. Jensen Button did beat Lewis Hamilton that season, which meant over their three years together, Jensen Button scored more points for McLaren oh, than Lewis Hamilton the did. Pointless stat in the yeah, world. Because championships are not won on points, are they? Um, Jensen Button. <laughs> not over three years, they're not. I mean, neither of them won any championships, so you've got to go on points. Individually, each year. Well, yeah, and Hamilton you... beat Button twice. Yeah, but over three years, Button still beat him, so I don't know what, uh, what the point um, is. Right, we're <laughs> so bringing this podcast <laughs> and this relationship to a game. Harry has absolutely got the fishing rod out there, and you have 
bitten all over that bait, Sam. I love it. I can't. I don't buy it. I never buy uh, it. Jensen Button was second. Um, I can't remember what order they came in now. Alonso, Weber, and Hamilton were all third, fourth, and fifth in some order, and Felipe Massa was sixth. <laughs> right yeah but you got it right regardless so it means that harry two all if you get this right you win uh five drivers again no number five Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i'm tempted to just give sam the win after that now um (laughs) yes british grand prix winners four of them won the british grand prix one didn't okay mark webber kimi raikkonen okay Mika Hakkinen, yeah, Mr. Chunky, Juan Pablo Montoya, Mr. and Jensen Button. JB never won, never even got on the bloody podium. Very confident about that answer. You, you're so you're so confident. I can't even build the tension on this, can I? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, well done. Sorry, I, I didn't know. I wasn't sure on a couple of them, but I knew that JB never won it. So, Yeah, I think as all of those names, apart from JB, is, have only won it once. Mr. Chunky, when did he win it? Oh, five. Oh, five. He ate his oh. way to victory. What on Chunkster. Uh, we you we know, love one Pablo Montoya. Um, so, I love him so much. Sam, are you going to... Um, are we going to play the recording of you doing the first one? Uh, yeah, I'll put it, yeah, I'll put it yeah, on because I can't remember the tune that I did. So <laughs> don't tell anyone, but just cut it and then add it back in. Got it. I've also, I've deleted the lyrics where I had them written down on my phone. Oh, so I wouldn't sake. get it right anyway. Right. <laughs> should, should, we, should we go back live again now? Should we, should we go back live? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yes. Yeah, then go, press the go. button. And we're back in the room. Ah, they... Telling the truth or are they a fraud? What are the questions? What's in store? Please listen to the podcast, please, so I can buy literally anything. It's time to play leg faking. Wow, that was seamless. Uh, thank you for that, Sam. Um, really appreciate it. Three, two win for Harry. The first ever outing of late faking. If you hated the game, let us know and we won't play it again. If you like the game, let me know. <laughs> And we might play it again. It's all up to you, basically. Um, but thank you for joining for this British Grand Prix preview. Um, appreciate your support, as always. Again, if it was your first time, thank you for listening. If it was your 100th time, thank you for listening. We'll be back on Sunday for our review podcast, as per usual. But Sam, if you wouldn't mind, until that point, getting us out of It was exceptionally silly uh, today. And to those of you who maybe have decided to visit us based off hearing a a radio ad that we are a part of, well, we'll let you know it's not always this silly. The the, the reviews of the races tend to be a little bit more focused. But make sure you are staying tuned. (laughs) Don't tell them. They won't won't turn up. Don't say anything. Um, Thank you for joining us. Please stay tuned for Sunday where we will be back right after the Grand Prix. We record immediately after the Grand Prix. Um, and of course, it is Silverstone, the British Grand Prix, one of the big, big favourites of the whole calendar. So come back. Give us another go, please. We'd love it. Um, if you'd like to keep talking to us throughout the week and our lovely community, we have a Discord. The link is in the description. There are nearly 900 people in that Discord and every single one of them is lovely and loves Formula One and will welcome you with open arms and you will have friends there to talk about F1, which is lovely because I know a lot of people 
on their own don't have a lot of friends that like F1. So give it a go. You never know. Um, we have Twitter at L Breaking. Chat to us there. We do jokes and polls and silly stuff and other things that are Formula One related. So you can go there. Uh, Instagram is the Late Breaking Podcast. That's just full of stupid stuff. So is TikTok because we're down on the kids. Down That's the Late kids. Breaking Podcast. We also have merch if you want to buy stuff with our logo on it and other stuff the link's in the description hats hang out there of course and we have a Patreon with some really good benefits um, you get ad-free podcasts if that's something you're interested in there's some other bits and bobs in there as well check it out let us know what you fancy um, and I will join you with these other two morons on Sunday in the meantime I've been Samuel Sage I've been Ben Hocking and I've been Sabring and remember <laughs> keep breaking light Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.